horizon looks a relic from the days of old. Mirrored in diversity and somewhat in the same form, the human can survive in both open and closed ecological systems. Hello, my name is Steve Merlin. I've infiltrated the natural habitats of the human. This is an extremely dangerous and probably illegal act and should only be done by a professional such as myself. If I'm discovered at any time, I will have to evacuate immediately. Oh my god. Hey, you're home. How's your day? I had the worst day. Oh really? That's too bad. Get you home now. My boss had this like really bad headache. You know what you should have done? Given her an Advil. I had a headache last week. I had a little so. But you don't understand. This headache, I'm positive because she's having trouble at home with her I, I, Have they tried counseling? I bet that would fix the trouble. And then she, she could have the Advil. No, I, I was trying to tell you. I was trying to tell you what was going like, on. I think I know everything. at home right. with her job. Oh, oh no! I've been discovered! Uh, tune in next time as we go deeper into the wild. Everyone, good morning, and once again, let me say welcome to the well here at STSA, an ordinary place where extraordinary stuff happens. We're kicking off a new series here today for Friends and Family Day, as you saw in the video called Into the Wild, where we will be talking about everyone's favorite topic relationships and how to navigate these things. But before I get into the topic, in case you've been to a relationship series before, either in this church and other church, and I know there's probably some people who are sitting here today who are saying, ugh not another relationship series. And if that's what you're thinking, I got good news for everybody here in the room because this will be like any, unlike any other relationship series that you've ever been a part of. You know why? This will be the relationship series for people who hate relationship series. <laughs> because I have no doubt that there's people who are sitting in these chairs here today. There's probably a husband who's sitting here saying, stupid wife dragged me to stupid church, maybe talk about stupid relationship. I don't think I need to talk about nothing. There's probably a wife out there who's saying to herself, I'm just going to come and he's just going to tell me I have to submit to my idiot husband who never had a good idea since 1986. <laughs> and there's probably some single people who are sitting here today and say, all we talk about is marriage and all we talk about is marriage. And they're the same single people who as soon as they come, they're taking pictures of the screen and taking notes and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so this is the relationship series for people who hate relationship series. Because most relationship series are talking about what you need to do better and how you need to be a better husband, you need to be a better wife, and about how you, 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 you. Well, I'm gonna do the opposite here today and throughout the next four weeks together. What I'm gonna talk about is not what you need to do, but what you need to understand. And what we're gonna focus on here in this particular series, Into the Wild, is trying to understand this complex species called the other. <laughs> trying to understand if we're men, what women are like, and trying to understand if we're women, what men are like, and how we can embrace the differences in order to navigate our way through this messy jungle called relationships and ultimately come out successful on the other side. And the reason that we titled this series Into the Wild is because honestly, sometimes, those who have been married a long time will probably agree to this, is that sometimes navigating a wild jungle seems easier than navigating a relationship. <laughs> because at least in a jungle, you know who the enemy is. But the problem in relationship is that you don't know because at one day, oh, it's my best friend. And another day, it's my enemy. And the one who loves me so much hurts me so much. 
and why she cares so much or he cares so much about me this day and will bend over backwards, but on this day, she won't leave me alone or he won't pick up the, the dirty clothes off the floor. And how could the one who loves me so much hurt me so much? My goal in this series is not to tell you what you need to do. My goal in this series is to help you understand how the other functions in order to be able to succeed and navigate your way through this messy thing called, called relationships. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 gives us like a foundational principle that I believe and I hope you believe as well. You don't need to be very smart to figure this out. Genesis 1:27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. It is very important that when you look at creation and God created us, humanity, the defining characteristic of human beings was their maleness or femaleness. The defining characteristic was either male or female. God didn't say I created tall and short. He didn't say I created uh, rich and poor. He didn't say I created uh, loud and quiet or a uh, doctor and lawyer. Like all of those things are true and they kind of characterize, characterize us to a degree. But ultimately the defining characteristic is our maleness or femaleness and that can never go away. And that's why males and females don't look the same. Males and females don't talk the same. Males and females don't develop the same. We don't think the same. We don't throw football the same. Like we don't, we're not the same. We don't relax the same. We don't argue the same. Like we are fundamentally different at our maleness and female level. And that's not random. That's by design. Let me tell you something. Married people, or unmarried people too, like it applies to every one of us, oftentimes, if you ask, let's say I ask a woman who's complaining about her husband, and say, what does your ideal husband look like? You know what she described? A woman. <laughs> I want someone who understands me. I want someone who listens to me. I want someone who shares my interest. You want a woman. And she's never going to be a woman. Guys, we're no better. When we describe our ideal mate, we're looking for a fishing buddy. Just someone who enjoys my hobbies, likes to watch football, and let me drink whenever I want to drink. Like, we're just looking for a fishing buddy. We're looking for someone who's just like ourselves. And what I'm here to tell you is, that's not what marriage is about. And one of the reasons why we struggle so much in marriage is we are looking for someone who is just like ourselves. But that's not how God created it. And what we want to see here today is the differences that God put between man and woman. The differences are designed by God, and they're not there to frustrate you. They're not there to confuse you. So many people kind of throw their hands up in the air and say, I just don't understand her. I don't understand him. Well, look here what God says. We agree that God created maleness and femaleness. 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And I want to say it this way in my own words. We were made differences. We were made to complete one another, not confuse one another. And most people today are operating under the premise that unless she gets me and, I, and he gets me, and unless they're like me, then it's just going to lead to confusion. And what I want to say is it doesn't have to. The goal is not to confuse you. The goal is to complete you. What we're going to do here over the next coming weeks, we're going to have a lot of fun with this series. At least I'm going to have fun. I hope you have fun too. <laughs> Today's message is titled The Indisputable Laws of Relationships. What we're going to talk about today is indisputable laws. The laws that govern all relationships that cannot be gotten around. And what I'm going to make the argument right off the bat is a lot of times what we think is heart problems are really head problems. 
We're going to talk about how a man thinks differently than a woman, how God designed our brains different. And oftentimes what we confuse as heart problems, doesn't love, doesn't care, doesn't understand, what we think is heart problems is actually when we look at it and we understand it is head problems. It's a different understanding, a difference in way of looking at life and thinking. Next week, the message will be titled, What Every Man Needs to Know About Women. And the week after, we're going to do what every woman needs to know about men. And in that week, see, today we're going to kind of talk generalities and understanding the other species. And that week, you're going to answer the question for yourself. Again, I'm not going to tell you what you need to change. I'm going to tell you what you need to understand to navigate through this thing called your wife or your husband. And we're going to talk there. We're going to go from generalities of, like, how does he think, how does she think, to basically answer the question, what in the world do I do with the guy I got stuck with? How do I deal with this woman who lives in my house and I'm going to live with her for the rest of life? What do I do with her specifically? We're going to answer that over the coming two weeks. Week four is titled, You Lost That Love and Feeling. And what we're going to talk about, it's going to be a powerful message. We're going to talk about how the ability, my opinion, the ability to feel in love depends a lot more on you and your emotional health than you realize. And when you come into marriage with emotional baggage, that will have a direct impact on your ability to stay in love. Because see, my theory is, single people may disagree with me, but I, this is what I believe, okay? I believe that falling in love is very easy. I believe it's very easy to do. Fall in love. Staying in love is what's hard. And I believe that the easiest thing to do is to fall out of love and blame it on him or on her. And the truth of the matter is, until we understand our own emotional baggage, then we will never be able to fall in love even if he's perfect or she's perfect. That's going to be week four. And then final week, week five, is titled, No One Told Me That. And that week, we're going to really have fun as I'm going to do a very dangerous thing. I'm going to invite my wife up here on stage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I'm going to be real nice over the next four weeks, okay? <laughs> and I'm going to give her a chance to share some of the lessons that she's learned. We're going to share just some different pieces of advice that we both learned. And you're going to get a chance to ask questions. So if you come up with a great question, you say, I don't want to hear what Father Anthony thinks. I want to hear what Mary Ann thinks. Hold that thought. And over the coming weeks, we'll give you a chance to submit those questions. And you can hear what Marianne has to say about the topic. So bottom line, we're going to have some fun with this series, okay? We're going to laugh. We're going to joke, all right? I'm going to do a lot of generalization. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, I am generalizing when I say about men. Not all men are the same. I'm generalizing when I talk about women. Don't have a cow. If I say something that you're like, well, that's not how I am. Like, it's okay. Just consider yourself above average. Like, that's fine, okay? Not everyone fits into the categories neatly. But what I will tell you is this. I will tell you from my experience, I'm going to say men are like this and women are like this, and that's a generalization. And I'll be, sometimes you'll see that the man is actually more like this. And I'll bet you nine out of ten times that the woman is actually more like that. So it may not be clear, like the men are always like this and the women are like this, but usually one is one and the other is the other. And I feel like that's like a God thing, okay? Because when sometimes people talk about divorce comes from irreconcilable differences, I truly believe the opposite. That usually divorce comes from irreconcilable similarities. Right? And usually when one is one extreme, the other is the opposite, whether or not the male or the female. But like I said, we'll have some fun with this thing. It will go easy. Let's start off with a verse from the Bible. We'll start off with a verse from the Bible. I realize not everyone here necessarily is a Christian. Some people may be coming just kind of checking out this church thing. That's fine. We're not going to shove the Bible down your throat. We're not going to baptize you by the end of today or anything like that. But we will share verses from the Bible that speak truth. Okay, and truth is truth, and all truth is truth, regardless of where it comes from, so truth is truth. And I'm going to share with you right now, whether you believe in Bible or don't believe in Bible, one verse that I guarantee you, you will agree is truth. And this verse, listen carefully, if you follow this verse, you will never, ever, ever have problem in marriage if you follow this verse. This verse is truth 
truth, truth. It's from the writing of St. Paul when he's writing to a church in a city called Corinth. And he says, it is good for a man not to marry. You don't usually see this on the wedding card invitation, do you? Okay. And for some of you, would say, hey, wait a minute. How could the Bible say it? Well, he explains, like, later on. Like, he expands on it, and he says, why my wife laughing the loudest, I don't know. He who marries in this life, he who marries will have trouble in this life. Sometimes someone will come to me, say, Father Anthony, I don't know what's going on. I say, what's wrong? Something's wrong in my marriage. What's wrong? He says, nothing's wrong in my marriage. What's wrong? I've been married six months, eight months, whatever it is, and there's trouble. And I say, yep, that's about right. Okay, right on track. <laughs> Let's try another verse and see maybe third time is the charm. Let's try Proverbs chapter 14, verse 4. And this verse is a very deep, theologically filled, <laughs> filled verse, okay, with so much meaning and power. And it says, where no oxen are, the manger is clean. And you say, what does that have to do with marriage? Well, let's stick with this one actually does have to do with marriage. What this verse is saying, okay, simply put, again, no explanation needed here. If you have an ox and you put him in a barn, you will have poo in that barn. And no one likes poo because it's poo. And the temptation will be, I don't like the poo. Get rid of the ox. With me so far, let's read the rest of the verse. But much increase comes by the strength of an ox. There is no such thing, ladies and gentlemen, as a poo-free marriage. The only way to escape the poo in any marriage is to get rid of the ox. But you get rid of that dumb ox, and you lose. Because the ox, in the end, has tremendous benefit. And that is a great picture of what marriage is all about. You see, I'm not going to sit here and tell you how to have a perfect marriage. I haven't discovered it, and I don't think it exists. I'm not going to tell you how to have a poo-free marriage. But what we are going to hopefully discuss is how to balance the ratio of poo to strength or increase. How to balance, because if all you have is poo, you got one sick ox. But the goal in this series is to discover how to maximize the strength of that ox and minimize the amount of poo, because that's why you bought the ox in the first place. And the truth of the matter is, all joking aside, I believe in marriage. I believe very strongly in marriage. I believe marriage is the best thing in the whole wide world. When I stand up and say a prayer at the end of the day, and I have to thank God, I thank God first for the salvation he's given me. I thank him for my wife and my kids. That's what I stand up and thank God for. And you want to know why it's very important that I tell you that? Why it's very important that I make that clear? Because my wife is sitting right there, and I know I will get it. major points for what I just said. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I'm going to use up those points by the end of the session. Okay. <laughs> but all joking aside, one of the big differences today, and this breaks my heart, is the picture of society's picture towards marriage. We grew up 
past generations grew up looking forward to marriage as a life-giving institution. That marriage is what is when my life is going to begin. And to be honest, the picture that society paints today is not life-giving, but life-sucking. And this is why you hear, no, 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 delay as long as possible. No, 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 make sure that you travel the world. Make sure you get your degree. Make sure you get your money. What is the implication? The implication there is your life ends when you get married. Make sure you go out on at least 37 dates before you can begin to think of engagement. Why? Because to be able to, to withstand the suffering and misery that marriage brings. I'm all for getting prepared, and I'm all for being ready. But the truth is, is that I don't believe that marriage is a life-sucking institution. I believe marriage is a life-giving institution. And I believe that you take your time, you prepare, and all that stuff, but that's when life hits the next level, when you find that companion that God designed for you. And the truth of the matter is, it's not just even me. Research tells us the same thing. Did you know? You'll never hear this in the news, by the way. You'll never see this printed. But the truth is, research says that if you understand how marriage works, here's what marriage does for you. Research says that on average, and again, there will be exceptions to this. So don't say, no, my neighbor or my sister. I understand. Your neighbor, I understand. But on average, people who are married are happier than non-married people. People who are married are healthier than non-married people. Men, especially, listen to this one. The lifespan of a married man is longer than that of a single man. In fact, if you want to know the truth, that being single, being a single man in the United States of America is one of the most dangerous things that you can do. It affects the life expectancy the same way as smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. Did you know this? The research says that satisfaction with one's sex life is significantly higher for married people than single. Are you surprised about that one? You don't see that on the TV, huh? And here's one that'll speak to everyone. Married people on average make more money than non-married people, especially men. Why? Why? How you get ahead in this world? How you get ahead in this world? Someone said, what, your wife does all your work for you? Okay. <laughs> she manages everything? Okay. How you get ahead in this world today? It's all about relationships. And men, when you get married, you marry a handbook on relationships. And she's willing to give advice and lessons every single day the rest of your life. So get rid of this idea that marriage stinks and like enjoy your life and then just deal with marriage later like when you're just get rid of that idea because marriage is the best gift that God has given to us as humanity if we understand the rules here's our key thought for today being Christian is not enough to be successful in relationships I must understand the rules being Christian is not enough to be successful in relationships I must understand the rules there are rules to relationships just like there are rules to physics. And whether you agree or don't agree with the rules, whether you pray or don't pray, whether you read the Bible or go to church, if you disobey the rules of physics, you will suffer. If I walk, okay, and I'm singing, a, uh, reciting scripture and saying a prayer, and I walk off the end of the stage, I will hurt myself. Not because I didn't pray hard enough, not because I didn't believe in the power of Jesus, but because I disobeyed obeyed the laws of physics. Relationships are the same way. There are rules that govern how they are supposed to work. You may be a great guy. You may be a great girl. You may love God. You may pray. You may do all the right things spiritually. And you may have a miserable marriage if you don't understand how relationships work. And then your heathen 
pagan girlfriend may be successful in relationships while you fail. And you may say, well, why is that? She's a heathen and she's a pagan and I'm a Christian. I'll bet you she understands the rules. Now, with that said, I think to reach the ultimate level of intimacy in any relationship, you do need God in there. But what I'm saying is having God, I don't want to say it's not enough because it makes it sound bad, but what I want to say is you have to understand the rules that God has put into society and into life, into men and into women. Bible verse, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. I think this is so true about relationships today. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Married people, single people, anybody who deals with a relationship, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They don't understand how these relationship things work. Example. I'm driving a car, and I am going around a turn at 80 miles an hour when the speed limit says 25 miles an hour. And I'm going 80 around this turn. I'm probably going to injure myself. I'm going to hurt myself. What if I'm listening to the Christian radio while I'm doing it? It doesn't matter. Listen to the Christian radio. It doesn't matter. Listen to the sermon. It doesn't matter. Say a prayer and make the sign of the cross. Like, it doesn't matter. If the priest breasts you, it doesn't matter. If you are breaking the laws of physics, you're going to get hurt, regardless of what's on the radio station. You can blame the car. You can blame the road. You can blame society, whatever that means. In the end, it's a user error. The user didn't understand the laws of physics. And I believe the same is true when it comes to relationships. So here's what we're going to do right now. We're, like I said, we're going to have some fun. We're going to generalize. I realize there's exceptions. We're going to talk about. See what this is? I'm going to pull this a little bit closer. Right. Okay. We're going to talk about how God made us different. This right here, this is a man's brain. This right here, this is a woman's brain. This is gold. Is it not gold? Okay. From God. Okay. We're going to talk generalization, knowing there are exceptions, about the differences that God programmed inside men and inside women. Number one, men, for the most part, process life in boxes. Women process life like spaghetti. Married people need no further explanation to anything I'm about to say. Married people are ready for me to move on to point number two. But for the sake of those who are not married, let's expound. Let's start with a man's brain. Yeah, that's a great brain. A man's brain thinks in boxes, okay? When a man's brain, okay, think of when you go to a storage facility, all right, and you see shelves neatly aligned, boom, and everything labeled, and then boxes, 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 boxes. Everything is neatly aligned. And we men, our brain is organized like that storage facility. And we have a box for everything that exists in this world. There's a work box. There's a wife box. There's a yard work box, a money box, a recreation box, box for your mother somewhere in the basement. Like, there's a box for everything, okay? Like, everything has a box and a very, very, very important rule. All men know this. The most important thing you have to know about the boxes is they don't ever touch. Each box, when a man wants to discuss a subject, he goes to the appropriate place on the shelf, very careful to find the exact right box. He pulls that box and only that box out of the shelf, 
puts it neatly on a table, opens it very carefully, deals with what's inside that box and only that box, closes it up, and puts it back on the shelf. Let's go to the women. <laughs> Women's brains are not exactly the box type. They tend to be more spaghetti. A big picture, okay? We can say big picture. They tend to be more spaghetti. And what I mean by spaghetti, not disorganized, because women don't the same women are disorganized, but everything kind of touches everything. If you have a bowl of spaghetti, and you want to start on one noodle, and you want to get to the other side, it is impossible, not difficult, impossible to get to the other side of the plate without touching every noodle along the way. And the sauce in the spaghetti of a woman's brain is called emotion. Emotions. And when there are emotions, and you're going from one noodle to the other, you get dirty. Let me tell you how this may work in a typical relationship between a man and a woman. A man may come, actually you just saw the video in the beginning, a man may come to his wife after work and say, hey, how was work? He is asking about one box. <laughs> and he is only prepared to deal with that one box. And she may say, how was work? I don't really know because my boss was kind of in a bad mood. He's kind of in a bad mood recently. I don't really know. I think he's having a problem with his wife. And I don't, I'm not surprised because his wife doesn't really pray or go to church. How could anyone not go to church and not pray and have a good relationship with God? And don't forget to pick up Lizzie after school today. And the man is... <laughs> I used to tell one of my coworkers, one of my coworkers, having a discussion with her. I would come in and she'd say, hey, I have a question for you. She asked me a question from the Bible. And I'd say, okay. And I start to discuss this. And she... Would say following like following her around the house. She would jump to this room and say, "Okay, this." So I'm like, "Oh, okay, so you want to talk about your marriage?" Okay, so talk about. And then she talk about something over here. And she, and by the end of it, okay, she's going all around, and I'm just spinning around. I got a dumb look on my face. I don't understand what's going on. And typically, what happens in this situation, you have the woman thinking through many different noodles, okay, and touching them all together. And for her, she's processing information. The man doesn't know what's going on. It's like the internet superhighway in there. Like he doesn't know what's happening. He's, he's lost, he's confused, he thinks she's crazy, and if he's dumb enough to say it, she's gonna think that he doesn't love her and doesn't care about her. Is this a heart problem, ladies and gentlemen? Is this a he doesn't love me? Is this a she doesn't care about me? Or is this a brain problem? Back to the man's brain for a second. The man's brain, ladies, this is very important. There's one particular box that you have to know exists in every man's brain. And it's actually our favorite of all the boxes. It's called the nothing box. Do you know what's in the nothing box? Nothing, very good. <laughs> and see, we men, our favorite, favorite, favorite box, the nothing box. And we look for any opportunity that we can to get to that nothing box. And this is why actually researchers from University of Pennsylvania actually studied this, that men, Women will not believe this. You, you think this is a lie, but I'm telling you there's research out there. It says that men actually have the ability to think about nothing and still breathe. <laughs> this is why, ladies, you've seen men who you think are brain dead. 
And that man can be brain dead for hours on end just doing this. He's in his nothing box. Women can't comprehend that. What does every woman do when she sees a man in her nothing box? Can I come in? What you thinking about? The answer is he's thinking about nothing. And he's totally content to think about nothing. And she can't accept that he's thinking about nothing because every woman hates a man doing nothing. A woman who wants to enter a man's nothing box doesn't realize that if she comes in, it's no more nothing. Now it is something. And a man does not want to be pulled out of that nothing box. That's the first difference. Men process life in boxes. Women it like spaghetti. Rule number two for all relationships. How we deal with stress. Men deal with stress by withdrawing. Mmm, heard a lot of mmm. Yeah. Women deal with it by talking. Heart problem or head problem. Here you have a husband and a wife. Love each other dearly, care about each other so much. Want to do anything they can to help the other person. They see one another stressed. He sees she's stressed or she sees his, he's stressed. Because they love each other, they want to give the other person their best and finest solution to the stress. Let's start with the man. Wife is stressed after work. Man wants to offer her the best solution that he's got. She's stressed, my boss, and I don't know my presentation, and then this other coworker, and, 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 and. So the man says, I love my wife. I'm going to help her by giving her the best advice ever, which is simply stop thinking about it. Easy. Just stop thinking about it. Not because we don't care, but because we do care. And we say, this is easy. Go to the nothing box. The problem gets solved. Guys, here's what I learned about women. And I don't get it either. I'm just telling you because this is what I learned. They can't stop thinking about it. Asking a woman to stop thinking about something that's stressing her. Ladies, tell me if I'm right. It's like trying to hold in a sneeze. It can't be done. Your head, her head will explode. Am I right, ladies? And then the man says, but I don't know what to say to her when she says that. I don't know what to say. And my advice to the man is always, who told you to say anything? <laughs> my goodness, never say anything. Listen, support. Our problem is men. Again, we don't realize men and women are different. A man, ladies, listen carefully to this. A man would never, ever, ever talk about a problem with another man unless he thought that man could help him solve it. Am I right? A man would never talk about a problem unless he thought that other man could help him solve it. So when you come to us with problems, we're thinking you're coming for solutions. But that's not the way to do it, man. Shut your trap and just listen. Let's go to the other side. Women are not innocent to hear it. Woman sees a man stressed. Something on his mind, something bugging him, and she asks him the question that every man loves to hear. How does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? 
usually followed by a kind of glazed look in the eyes. The truth of the matter is, ladies, he doesn't know how he feels. He doesn't know. See, you think he's withholding feelings from you. Why won't he share with me how he feels? Why won't he just tell me? And it's not that he's hiding. It's that he doesn't know how he feels. You say, how can he not? Because he's a man. Because he's in a different box than you're in right now. So what that man needs is the opposite of what you need. He needs some time to go away, usually into a box called nothing. And he needs time to process. And you need to trust that when he says, I don't know, that he actually means I don't know. Now, with that said, week four, we're going to talk about in here. Because, man, you're not off the hook on this. You can't just say, I don't know, and that's it. We're talking about in week four, part four of this series, is how to know how we're feeling. And I'm going to share with you some stuff that I've learned. Because I'm Mr. In Touch With My Emotions these days, in case you didn't know. Okay? And I'm going to share with you how we can work on knowing how we feel. But ladies, you need to give him some space because he doesn't like you. He's a different creature altogether. Single people, just pause right here. Single people, you see what I'm talking about? How marriage is not so much about love and then, and, and fall, like it's not that stuff. It's not heart. It's a lot of times head. And this is the problem that we have to is we don't realize the difference the way God made us. She's not trying to annoy him. Don't think that all women are trying to annoy all men. It's just she, that's how she shows love. And he's not trying to withdraw. Don't think that all men don't want to. It's just how he processes things. That's our second rule. It's rule number one. Boxes. Spaghetti. Never forget that, especially that nothing box, okay? Rule number two. Men deal with stress by withdrawing. Women by talking. And rule number three. You already know this one. Women multitask. Men single task. Women multitask, men single task. With that said, just before I preface, researchers have actually proved that multitasking is actually a myth. So women don't actually multitask. No one, even women, even though you think you multitask, what researchers have proved is actually it's not really thinking about two things at the same time, but it's the ability to shift very quickly in the blink of an eye, be able to shift from this to this like juggling balls. Okay, when you're juggling three balls, you don't have three hands, but you're just able to shift from one to the other really quickly. Think of it this way. Women are like a sleek sports car driving through the beltway, weaving in and out of traffic in this lane, this lane. They can turn right on a dime, and they can stop, and they can go, and they can speed, and they can. That's how women are. Men are a locomotive train. We go one direction and one direction only. It's not that we can't turn right, but we can't turn right quickly. So you kind of need to let us get to the end of the track, come to a complete stop, turn her off, reboot the system, and then we can turn and move to the next topic. In general, women are able to think about multiple topics and shift quickly. Men are not. Now you say this means women are superior. Well, I say to you not necessarily because men's single tasking is actually good and bad. What's the good of being the single tasker? Men in general, again, in general. I'm not saying always, in general. Men have a higher ability in general to focus. And this is why this one could get me in a lot of trouble. And I didn't want to say this because I'm saying this could get me in trouble, but understand me, I'm not saying men are superior to women. But usually, generally speaking, any profession that you go to, if you go to the top of that profession, usually it's a man at the top. 
Not saying that men have a better engineering than women. Both men and women can be successful engineers. Both can be successful lawyers. Both can be successful. But usually at the top, the one who has hit that highest level of success is usually a man. Why? Because men have the ability to be singularly focused on one thing. But that's usually to the neglect of many other things. And that's why the man's house can be burning down and he's still responding to an email. Because of his ability to focus on one thing. Me personally, sometimes people come to me after church. Happens to me all the time. And we'll say, hey, I'm really sorry about today. And I say, what? Say, I'm sorry, my kid was making so much noise. And I'm like, your kid what? I'm like, I didn't hear you, kid. They're like, no, my kid screamed. And I'm like, I didn't know. People will tell me, like, you know, I'm sorry that I walked in while you were preaching and my kid whatever. And I'm like, because when I'm focused right here, there's nothing. My wife, oftentimes, come home from work. She's in a fun mood. What you doing? And we've learned this one over the years. We've learned this. That when she comes in, and especially if I'm like preparing, like if I'm like prep for, 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 for my Sunday right here, and I'm prep, and I'm gonna, like I can't, okay? And I can't because I'm singularly focused in there. This is why men and women, one of the differences, okay, I just told you how I'm kind of singularly focused. Sometimes I'll come in and Marianne will be at home. I can walk in the kitchen. I love you, sweetheart. Marianne can be cooking dinner, helping the kids with their homework, listening to a sermon, and saying the ninth hour prayer all the exact same time. <laughs> and I walk in there and I'm just like, it's like, it's like overload. Like, what's going on right now? I don't understand. So I just, I learned to just walk out, okay? <laughs> Why this is super important? Because this impacts how we listen, or lack thereof, I should say. How many wives have told me, he never listens to me? He never listens to me. I've told him a thousand times, and he just doesn't listen. I told him that he's supposed to whatever. I told him to pick this up. I told him to do, I told him he doesn't listen. Ladies, I'm gonna challenge you on this. Is it that he doesn't listen? I'm sure, for sure he doesn't listen, okay? Because he's a man, and for sure the times he doesn't listen. But are you sometimes coming in at the wrong time when he is focusing on something else and trying to get him to shift when he simply cannot? Ladies, I'm telling you, if you get this one, this, so, this, this will solve so many problems. When a man is focusing on a project, a task, that is not the best time to give him vital information. Information like, turn the oven off. Information like, don't forget a child. Like, that is not the appropriate time. You're on your way to go wherever. He's in the garage, and he's fixing something or other. He is right now clearly in a box called Fix it, not in listening box. You're thinking, hey, wait a minute. When I'm doing something, I can listen at the same time. He can't. So you come to him and say, don't forget to, and all he hears is blah, 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 blah. And you're like, no, he heard me because he responded. Listen carefully. I'm gonna guys, I'm going to give away our secret right here. We guys, we have a secret defense mechanism. When we feel the powers of darkness are trying to pull us out of our box, <laughs> when the powers of darkness try to pull us from one box to the other, our defense, defense mechanism kicks in, and it goes like this. Yep. 
Mm. Yep. And the lady, you're like, okay, he heard me. He responded. And I'm telling you, it's not anywhere in his brain. You know, you know, at night, when you like, you feel like you got to go to the bathroom, but you don't want to go to the bathroom because that wakes you up. And you're like fighting that urge, like, no, go back to sleep, go back to sleep, but you can't, but you're like, go back to sleep. That's how we men are. When a woman is trying to pull us out of our box, like, no, she'll go away, she'll go away, just, uh -huh, yeah, yeah, just, just, she'll go away, she'll go away, just wait it out, wait it out, wait it out. I'll give you a funny example. <laughs> Ladies, you come to the man and you say, very straightforward, very clear instructions. And you say, honey, I need you to go to the store, lay down the mulch, wash and fold the clothes, get the kids at school, do some of the dishes, and finish the rest of the project you started yesterday. Very clear, no room for interpretation. He runs this through his selective listening brain, and here's what he hears. <laughs> this is just how God made us. <laughs> is this a heart issue? Is this a heart issue? Is this a he don't love me? Is this a she just want to nag me? Is this a heart issue? No, it's a head issue. Ladies, when he's focusing on something else, do not give him vital information. Do not expect him to register. Ask him politely. Say, hey, is now a good time to talk about this? Guys, you ain't off the hook either. When you're in the middle of something and your wife has something important to say, you can put down the project. You can stop what you're, like, don't just uh-huh her to death. You can say, hey, can you give me a minute or is this really urgent right now? Can we talk about this later? Or you can put it down. And you can say, you know what, I'll come back to this. Like, we have to understand how the other one works and not expect them to think like we think. Bottom line, bottom line is God made us different. All right, God made us different, but he made us different for a reason. 1 Corinthians 11, 11 says this. It says, nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman, nor woman independent of man in the Lord. Arguing, who is superior men or women, is like arguing which is more superior, my left foot or my right foot? Like which is more valuable, my left leg or my right leg? Simply put, I don't need two lefts or two rights. I need one left working in harmony with one right. And that's what we need to understand. And my hope in this series, like I said, we're gonna have some fun with this, okay? And I apologize in advance if I offended anybody with my generalizations, okay? You can just talk to Marianne about any of that stuff you have to. <laughs> My hope in this series, we're going to have some fun, and we are going to learn how God made us unique and God made us different, not to confuse us, but to complete us. How we need both the boxes and the spaghetti. And ladies, you hate his box head, but I'm telling you that when you, there are going to be times in your life where the best thing that ever happened to your family is his box head, and vice versa, that her spaghetti mind is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you gentlemen. And the way that she deals with stress by talking is going to be very good because if we all just withdrew, we'd never speak to each other. But sometimes the withdrawing is good so we don't kill each other. And we're going to see how God made us that way to complete each other. We have to embrace the differences. I want to finish up here with a quote from a church father named Tertullian. Tertullian is a cool name. If you're pregnant, this is a cool name for your child. Okay, Tertullian said some very good stuff about marriage back in the second century. Listen to what he said. It's a long quote. 
but it is so, so, so beautiful. How beautiful then, the marriage of two Christians, two who are one in hope, one in desire, one in the way of life they follow, one in the religion they practice. They are as brother and sister, both servants of the same master. Nothing divides them, either in flesh or in spirit. They are in very truth, two in one flesh. And where there is but one flesh, there's also but one spirit. Watch this. They pray together. They worship together. They fast together, instructing one another, encouraging one another, strengthening one another. Side by side, they face difficulties and persecutions, share their consolations. They have no secrets from one another. Look how beautiful that is. They have no secrets from one another. They never shun each other's company. They never bring sorrow to each other's hearts. Hearing and seeing this, Christ rejoices. To such as these, he gives his peace. Where there are two together, there also he is present. And where he is, there evil is not. Best gift. When God saw Adam struggling down there. Everything was perfect in this world, but God saw Adam was incomplete. And God said, Adam, I'll give you the best gift ever. And that gift was marriage. And I hope that you give me a chance to show you that marriage truly is the best gift that God can give to us. But we have to understand how it works. Let's stand together and say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't make us all the same, that life is not just a bunch of clones of me. Thank you, Lord, that you put people around me who are different than me to complete me and to sharpen me and make me a better person. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to appreciate and embrace the differences, both inside a marriage and just in our relationships with one another, and to see, Lord, how you put people who are different around me so I could learn something and I could grow as a, as a person. Lord, I'm praying for all the marriages here, those which are present and those which are yet to come. I'm praying that you'd help us all to understand relationships better so we can live the way you designed for us to live. We ask these things in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, the prayers of all of your saints. Hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us.